0: StarCourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion
1: is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And and this this is StarCourt Study Hall. Hall.
0: Welcome to another installment of Just the Facts yay! with Starcourt Study Hall. It's us. That's us. So today in our Just the Facts episode, we are going to take a little history lesson break and learn about women in the workplace and how women's rights in general have kind of evolved from the early 1900s. We're going to focus in on the 80s a little bit, and then we're going to talk about today i'm excited i'm ready me too so before we get started i wanted to dedicate this episode about women in the workplace to a pretty awesome woman who is my great abuela and she just passed away earlier this week at the age of 103 which is very old (laughs) The oldest. (laughs) Yeah, like really old. Uh, I have longevity in my family, so I'm hoping I meet the same fate. But she was really awesome. She immigrated here from Cuba and lived in Miami most of her life, so I didn't know her very well. But from what i knew about her she was kind of a jet setter she went on vacations all the time Mm. she went on cruises by herself well into her 70s that's amazing and she lived on this earth long enough to see not only her great-grandchildren become adults but also see the birth of great -great (laughs) great-grandchildren i was about to ask the stupidest question what did she have kids yeah (laughs) obviously she did (laughs) because I exist
1: you're her great great granddaughter yes
0: yes I I so yeah I have two nephews who are her great great grandchildren which is wild so I thought I would shout out my great abuela in this episode before we move on
1: that's awesome
0: shout out to you so let's get into it so let's do it in our last episode we went over the sauna test And in that episode, we see Nancy and Jonathan get fired from the Hawkins Post. So obviously, Jonathan has his own issues with this. He is obviously struggling with money in their family Mm -hmm. and, and they have their own issues. But Nancy struggles a lot with her treatment while she was employed. And of course, we get this lovely conversation between Karen and Nancy about the unique difficulties of navigating a man's world as a woman. So we thought it would be a good idea to kind of delve into what the workforce really would have been like for a woman at that time. Good idea. Thanks. I don't know. I forget whose idea it was. But <laughs> Probably one of ours both or of both. of us. Yeah. So, of course, women's rights, even just in the workplace, is a huge and broad issue. Mm-hmm. This is in no way meant to be like a comprehensive deep dive on women's rights. I
1: <laughs> yeah, love the disclaimer at the yeah, beginning of just all these.
0: <laughs> want to let you all know. But it's definitely meant to give a little small window into the history of the issue. And... Of course, another disclaimer, the state of women's rights is different in different places around the world. Very true. Yes. For the sake of this podcast, we'll be focusing on the experiences of women in the United States.
1: It's also continuously evolving.
0: It is. It is. So yeah, it would be kind of impossible to fit all of that into a podcast.
1: We'll just retcon it later. Yes. (laughs) Keep adding (laughs) bits and pieces onto the end of this episode. And now. And by the way. (laughs) By the way.
0: (laughs) So... In order to get kind of the most well-rounded picture of what things were like, I wanted to take a little trip back in time just to like lay the groundwork for where we end up in the 80s and today. So I'm going to give you all a little background and context in the form of bullet points so we are not here for an hour. So the points I chose focus mostly on workforce related stuff, but I did sprinkle in some other things. And for the sake of time today, we are only going to go back as far as 1920. So Fair enough. Not further back than that. And all of these bullet points came from the National Women's History Alliance. So we're going to start in 1920. In 1920, the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution gets ratified, and it declares the right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Hmm. So while this was definitely a huge win for women, we also have to acknowledge that this, for the most part, referred to white women. So we didn't make it past that for a little while. Got it. In 1924, in a case called Radis versus New York, it upholded a law that forbade waitresses from working the night shift, but made an exception for entertainers and ladies room attendance.
1: Ah, yes. But Uh, also let's simultaneously shame those professions.
0: Yes. Yeah. You guys are allowed because, you know, we don't care about your safety. It's a double
1: edged sword, really. Yeah.
0: Then in 1925, indigenous American suffrage was granted by an act of Congress. So, as I said before, it was mostly white women who benefited in 1920. It took mm-hmm. another five years for indigenous women to be granted the right to vote. In 1938, the Fair Labor Standards Act established a minimum wage without regard to sex.
1: So, before that, women could be paid less than men as yep. far as minimum wage was concerned. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, that changed in 1938. In 1947, in a case called Fay versus New York, again, New York, the US Supreme Court said that women are equally qualified with men to serve on juries, but are granted exemption and may serve or not as
1: women choose.
0: So, like, yay, equality, but also they're still getting special treatment.
1: But also, like, I don't need to serve on a jury. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like, you can no, just. Y'all can keep that one. <laughs> I don't need that right. I don't want that little yellow slip in the mail. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine totally with, fine. fine with New not York going. versus May. <laughs> you know? Did you know I've never had jury duty before? I've been called three times and have maneuvered my way out of it every yeah. time.
0: <laughs> I got called twice. One while I was in college, and so if you're in school, they right. don't make you do it. And then the second time I got called was when I moved here, and I got called in the county we used to, or I used to live in. And I was like, I don't live there anymore. I don't live
1: in that. In that- Area. No. We're just good at this. Right? We're great at jury duty. (laughs) We're both going to get called like a week from now. Oh my God. Like (laughs) at the same time.
0: Thanks, FBI agent, for listening to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Then in 1961, in a case called Hoyt versus Florida, the U.S. Supreme Court upholded rules adopted by the state of Florida that made it far less likely for women than men to be called for jury service on the grounds that a woman is still regarded as the center of home and family life
1: i mean again you know like with all due respect to I'm Hoyt versus florida i am like totally fine not being called nearly as often as men for jury duty yep i'm sorry i'm too busy taking care of my home i'm too busy taking care of my cat yes i'm the center of domestic life taking care of my cat yeah <laughs> oh man
0: Then in 1963, the Equal Pay Act is passed by Congress, promising equitable wages for the same work, regardless of the race, color, religion, national origin, or sex of the worker. 1963. That was not that long ago. It really
1: was not that long ago. No. Like, Like I understand that the 90s were like 50 years ago at this point, but like 1963 (laughs) is nearly not as long ago as that. Somehow, it's not. course that's how time works in 1964
0: title seven because i know how to read roman numerals seven yep title seven of the civil rights act passed including a prohibition against employment discrimination on the basis of race color religion national origin or sex again 1964 not that long ago
1: and like also, let's all be very cognizant of the fact that it's great and well and good that all this is being passed, but this really has like in at this time it didn't impact no. how women were treated. No, of course, because or, like, people so complying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we're definitely gonna talk about that in a little bit because that, that's part of the research I read too, how it just became ingrained in people's minds.
1: Yeah, I also feel like there's like an a uh, I don't wanna use the word rebellion, but it's like I'm just gonna do the opposite now of what you've yeah lawfully instructed me to do yikes then in
0: 1971 in a case called phillips versus martin marietta corporation the u.s supreme court outlawed the practice of private employers refusing to hire women with preschool children in 1971 wow the 70s
1: so, so an employer could legitimately not hire women on the grounds that she has a child within like two two to five yeah
0: pretty much in the 70s
1: that's really not that long ago
0: mm-hmm yeah, like, that's that's our parents' generation. Like yeah. Our parents were alive when these things were happening. For sure. Wild. Then in 1974, in a case called Cleveland Board of Education versus LaFleur, it determined that it is illegal to force a pregnant woman to take maternity leave on assumption that they are incapable of working in their physical condition.
1: And this still comes up. Like, this is legitimately a conversation that I've had
0: yeah. At work. Yeah. Like, this is still a
1: problem. It literally is.
0: Then in 1974, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act is signed, allowing women to get credit cards separate from their husbands in 1974.
1: Handmaid's Tale, people. Right. Handmaid's Tale. Wasn't that Let long Let me ago. tell you.
0: And I just wanted to point out, this is only a decade before the events of season three.
1: Wow. Yeah. No wonder Karen is like. Right. Shitheads. Karen just learned how to get a credit card. She was like, wow, credit. Who knew? Gotta buy those Harlequin novels. I was going to say, that's where she got her new bathing suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Her> a <laughs> fancy little swimsuit. She put that on the Amex. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: And then in 1978, a more comprehensive act is passed called the Pregnancy Discrimination Act, and it banned employment discrimination against pregnant women, just like in general. And this was only seven years before Nancy is employed at the Hawkins Post. So imagine, like these people who run the hawkins post they've been yeah. there for you know at least a decade probably oh my god and these things were allowed to happen so you think they're just going to forget it overnight because the law said so
1: right this is why i get sometimes so frustrated like when people i mean obviously it's not right and it's not an excuse but this is the society that older generations were steeped in yes like this was their reality so for us to just expect them to snap out of that without doing a lot of work is yeah. not practical
0: no It's not. I know. And again, yeah, this is a point that's going to come up a couple times, like, about just how steeped in it they were. Because, you know, society is the way it is when you're brought up in it. And that's what becomes normal to you. Like, I'm sure in 20 years, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that we say and do that's, like, not cool anymore.
1: Yeah, like, don't. I mean, even just what we would say in high school versus what we say now, we were not good people. Right. Like, right. But we didn't, you know, of course we didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but you learn. You do. Okay, just a few more points because I did only go up to as far as we got in season 3. Then in 1981, Sandra Day O'Connor was appointed by President Ronald Reagan to serve as the first woman on the Supreme Court. Nice. Yeah. And then in 1984, Geraldine Ferraro became the first woman to be nominated to be vice president on a major party ticket. And as we know, Claudia Henderson is a fan.
1: (laughs) That's so awesome. I so wanted there to be a woman president before my grandma died.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hopefully before we die. Hopefully before we die.
0: Seriously. All right. So we're going to take a little pause and do a quick sociology.
1: Yay. (laughs) We're going to do a sociology now, everyone. Yes. We are pivoting and we're
0: going to do a sociology. (laughs) So this theory is something i wanted to talk about because it kind of helps us understand the differences in treatment and perception between men and women and it is called social role theory so it's just one of the many sociological theories that are used to describe sexism discrimination things like that but i thought this one was particularly poignant to talking about the workforce so Social role theory has a threefold pattern that helps us understand how sexism in the workplace can happen. So step one in this pattern is that women tend to take on more domestic tasks, even in the workplace.
1: Hmm.
0: And then step two, women and men often have different occupational roles. And step three, in occupations, women often end up with lower status. So it's kind of like... It's three things that can exist separately, but very often influence each other. And this pattern of thinking produces stereotypes that have become deeply embedded in society over literal hundreds of years. So that makes them kind of difficult to shake even to this day. But like, is this a chicken or the egg thing? Right. Like, why do we take on more domestic tasks at work? Exactly. Why does that happen?
1: I mean, again, we started at the 20s, but like... (laughs) Ancient time. like Yeah. The, 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 this was just the way that it is. Right. Like, it's just what we
0: grew up knowing that we're supposed to do. Like, the ladies help clear the table. Mm-hmm. We decorate for birthdays. We bake.
1: We cater. Yes. The party. We do. For Susan.
0: Yep. I don't know who that is, but we do She's it. She's
1: retiring.
0: Oh, yes. Of course. We have to make sure we get Susan a cake because nobody yeah. else is going to do it. Nope. So... <laughs> In talking about stereotypes, I wanted to get a feel for some examples of female stereotypes in the workplace. So I posed this question a few days ago on my personal Instagram and the Starcourt Study Hall Instagram. And the question was, what are some stereotypes you have heard about women as it pertains to the workforce slash professional roles? So I wanted to shout out so many different people who responded, people I know personally and also on the Star Court Study Hall Instagram. You guys really came through. So I didn't use absolutely everybody's examples, but I used a ton. So thank you. Okay, so the first one and the one I've seen most often is too emotional. Hmm. So more specifically, and thank you to this user on Instagram, M1K E-X-E. The angry black woman stereotype is also really prevalent. And I think that this also applies to many Hispanic women as well who get categorized yeah. as like fiery, feisty. For sure. And yeah, as, throughout this discussion, it's also important to remember the intersections of these other marginalized groups because, you know, women is a broad category, but yeah. there's also these subcategories that have specific things that they have to work through as well. Mm-hmm. So I think women's emotions often get attributed to our periods, hormones, hormones pregnancy whatever slew of external factors we can blame
1: some girl problems yeah we're
0: having girl problems and i think step out (laughs) can we get one of the other girls to run out for lunch
1: yeah maybe the other girl can go get lunch today
0: but i think overall it's it's very common to discredit women's emotions in any way that we can whatever that takes
1: attribute them to something else
0: yes to delegitimize Mm mm-hmm Another stereotype I saw a lot was too focused on family. And that is a thank you to my friend Sarah for pointing that one out. This could lead to distractions, too much time off. That's kind of the idea of that. And in that vein, absenteeism, mm-hmm. needing too much time off, um, or even like extra bathroom breaks being a woman. Thank sure. you to Daily Jonathan Byers for that one. DJB. DJB. Shout out. We've acronymed you that. <laughs> we have. <laughs> Of our own accord. Yes. (laughs) Another stereotype I heard was that women in the workplace bring a lot of drama or Mm. gossip. Thank you to my friend Heather for that. Bossy is another one that we heard, which is very, very common.
1: Similar to the first one.
0: Yes. Bossy and too emotional. Thank you to Tara on Instagram for that one. But as we know, men who display these behaviors in the workplace are often rewarded.
1: Yeah. They're assertive. Yes. Right.
0: Another example was that working under a female boss is worse because they feel the need to prove themselves.
1: Interesting, I've had the opposite experience. Really? Twice.
0: Yeah. I feel like I kind of have too. But yeah. I've but I've heard this though. And this actually has a name. It is a sociological phenomenon and oh. it is called queen bee syndrome. Wow. Yeah. So basically The idea of this is that women take on more male-associated traits in order to get promoted to a position of power, Uh and then they keep displaying these traits in order to keep the position, which may include purposefully being difficult with other female employees. With other women. As a form of self-preservation.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's wild. I would love to ask Nick about this because he's also worked under several men and and women and i would love to to see like does he observe that
0: yeah i've worked mostly under men i've had like one or two female Mm -hmm. um supervisors but i've never experienced
1: that but Hmm. yeah i've never experienced either and i've had one male that i've worked under and two female now and both i've i've had better experiences with both females
0: interesting yeah
1: Yeah. that's really interesting though
0: i know i i couldn't believe it was like an actual thing Thank you to my friend Dana for that. Lastly, lack critical or logical thinking skills. Thank you to my sister-in-law Tina for that one. And coming back to social role theory, I think that women's skills are often thought of to be more domestic and, you know, not really useful in the workplace. Again, I think a lot of these stereotypes are kind of fading. Like I think yeah. the whole the whole queen bee thing is sort of fading, the the gossip thing is sort of fading. Like I'm I'm finding that generation is definitely shifting a lot of these i think
1: good point yeah for sure
0: yeah okay so then we're going to get into a couple of different impacts of these stereotypes just in general and in the workplace so i just wanted to give examples of the ways that these sometimes microaggressions can end up manifesting yeah so i made our own category here for this because it is extremely prevalent unfortunately and that is harassment, abuse, and assault at work. So this was from an article on fastcompany.com, and it included some really awesome quotes. So I've included a lot of that in here. So even when women began to make their way into the workforce in the 19th century, most of the work was still domestic. They were in these settings like clients' homes, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe they were doing housekeeping or things like that, where women could easily endure sexual harassment and even assault with little to no consequence. because Nobody would know. No one would know. There's no HR.
1: Yeah, in the home.
0: Yeah. We must also acknowledge that sexual harassment and assault were, unfortunately, a major part of the lives of enslaved women. For sure. Which is a problem which continued and continues to persist for black women in America. By the early 20th century, more women were entering office spaces as secretaries. And before this, the role that a secretary would normally take on was, of course, a male-dominated role, because women weren't there. However, thanks to technology such as the typewriter... It made the job of a secretary a little easier. So women were often asked to perform more domestic and mundane tasks, even in the office.
1: Okay, hold on. Pause. Yeah. So women, because of the typewriter, were the role of secretary was transitioned to include more women. Yeah. Because the typewriter made the job easier. Yeah. Because they, what, couldn't handle... Not having a
0: typewriter? I guess so. Either that or, like, it just happened to coincide with when women were entering the workforce with the advent of the typewriter. So, you know, they had to find other tasks for these women to do. And what better tasks for for a woman than, you know, fetching coffee?
1: And could we also just acknowledge, like, the role that education plays in all of this? Oh,
0: yeah. We will get there.
1: Okay. Yeah, we will. (laughs)
0: Like, hello? Yeah, we definitely will. And then here's a quote from the article. As anyone who has watched Mad Men knows, secretaries also typically functioned as office wives to male bosses, fetching coffee, buying anniversary gifts, and sometimes performing consensual and non-consensual sex acts.
1: Yeah, that's going to be my spinoff podcast. Mad Men? Mad Men. 100%. <laughs> I have not but watched yeah. that. Oh, it's so good.
0: In the 70s and 80s, those old school like HR training videos, they would focus more Of the sexual harassment talk on like those overt issues like a male Mm -hmm. superior putting his hands on you or or stuff like that but they didn't really talk about you know the subtleties of sexual harassment and how that kind of seep in but they still were able to get the point across that it was more about power imbalance And then in the 80s, it did become more clear that sexual harassment was evolving, just as women's roles did. So instead of the boss making sexual advances at his subordinate, now we were shifting into locker room talk and other types of purposeful exclusion in the workplace.
1: Boys will be boys. Yes.
0: Yes, they will. All right. Another issue when it came to women breaking into the workplace and how these stereotypes affected them was a lack of physical safety in the workplace. So I wanted to talk about two very notable cases of failure to keep employed women safe, which you've probably heard of both of them. Maybe you haven't, but I'm going to go over them real quick. So a pretty notable case of this was the Radium Dial Company, or the case of the Radium Girls, as they came to be known. So these women worked at various factories in New Jersey, Illinois, and Connecticut in the early 20s.
1: I'm sorry, I think you mean Ill-annoy.
0: Ill-annoy. <laughs> uh yeah their job was to paint the dials on watches with glow-in-the-dark paint which was made with the toxic element radium they were instructed to lick the paint brushes to keep them finely pointed yikes their employers told them this practice was perfectly safe in fact some women even painted their nails teeth and faces for fun with radium
1: I have never heard of this. Oh,
0: you got to listen to some podcasts about the Radium Girls. It's really, really interesting and horrifying. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they were like, yeah, Radium's safe. Despite the years of lies from their employer, many women began experiencing severe medical issues such as anemia, jaw necrosis, teeth loss, and even sterility.
1: Okay. Well, necro is death. Yeah. So what is jaw necrosis? Yeah, it's falling off. The jaw is falling off.
0: Yeah i read that uh the first woman who died from this right before she died her jaw fell clean off
1: how does that happen don't know
0: so the first painter died in 1923 and by 1927 over 30 workers had died from radium poisoning
1: and all women
0: oh yes and and by the way yes all of the painters were women the company tried to claim that the women died of syphilis. Of a, course, a yep. sexually
1: transmitted disease. Yep.
0: In an attempt to not only save themselves, but to smear the reputations of the women who had died.
1: Okay, but like, as far as I am aware of syphilis, your jaw doesn't fall off I don't think so. syphilis.
0: No, I don't think so. I don't think you get a flesh-eating disease from that. And then in 1938, many of the surviving women were able to win a lawsuit against the company, which the company Good. fought eight times please stop fighting even bringing it to the supreme court before they they had to pay up pipe down yeah yeah definitely if you have not learned about the radium girls go listen to a podcast about it or sounds uh, like
1: an excellent book or something i think
0: it's i think it might be a book or it's i know it they came out with a show recently about it i forget on what platform okay so it looks like there was a film that came out in 2018 it only has a 6.3 out of 10 on imdb I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's out there.
1: There is a book called It is the Radium Girls. It's by Kate Moore. Mm-hmm. It came out in twenty seventeen and it has twenty thousand good reviews on yeah. Amazon. okay, so the book is good. <laughs> <laughs> read as always, read the book yeah, read the book
0: yeah, it's, it's so amazing interesting, case. yeah, it is. Another example of this, which you might have also heard of, is the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire in 1911.
1: I think this is familiar.
0: Yes. So, this was a New York City garment factory which largely employed women. And though they were repeatedly warned about unsafe working conditions, such as leaving scraps of fabric just strewn all about and locking doors from the outside to prevent theft or unauthorized breaks. The owners of this factory continued with their unsafe practices. The girls earned approximately $191 to $317 for a six-day work week of 52 hours, and that is in today's currency. $317 a week for six days. They worked on
1: Saturdays. Locking the doors from the outside.
0: Yeah, this was apparently a common practice
1: back in the day. So they would lock employees in? Yeah. Okay. Great. Sounds like a good idea, everyone. Applause
0: on march 25th 1911 a fire broke out on the eighth floor of the factory and since doors were locked from the outside and flames blocked many other exits many had no choice but to jump from 10 story windows 123 women and girls and 23 men died in the fire 146 people in total most of the victims were italian and jewish immigrant young women and the youngest who died in the fire was a 14 year old girl the two male owners were acquitted of second-degree manslaughter and only ended up having to pay the families $75 for each victim. But this case did lead to some advances in, like, OSHA. I was going to say, is OSHA yeah. going
1: to get involved here? Yeah,
0: I don't think they existed yet. Hopefully they didn't, because if they did, they failed miserably.
1: Negligence. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I've, I've heard of this one, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was a wild one. I listened to a podcast about this one as well. But very interesting. If, if you want to listen to more about these two cases, I definitely recommend. And then in general, as far as impacts go, here is a quote from that article I was referencing earlier from fastcompany.com. Furthermore, the imbalance of domestic labor at home, which scholars have termed the second shift for working women, preconditions men to view female colleagues through the lens of the subordinate wife. Wow. Yup. Who gets the cake for the office birthday party? Who takes the minutes at meetings? The same person who performs the majority of thankless tasks at home. While such gender based discrepancies may seem minor or even trivial, they nevertheless establish that men's time is more valuable than women's and that women remain
1: subordinate to men. Sure. And, you know, I find myself falling into these situations all the time. Hundred percent. Yeah. I always planned the Christmas party at my old job. I was like, I'm going to plan the I mean, you know, obviously I wanted to plan the yeah. Christmas party because I had fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how we find ourselves kind of where we are in the 80s and today. So let's move on to what was going on in the 80s as far as women in the workplace. So women began to rise up in the workforce strongly in the 80s, largely due to an influx of women earning more degrees. There's the education. There it is. So starting in the 80s, more than half of all bachelor's degrees were given to women, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Due to this, salaries for women began to become more comparable to men's. Nice. Yes. From an archived article in The Atlantic from 1986, which I told Marina about, I was abusing my keyboard, (laughs) writing notes on this. Eli had to turn over and ask if I was okay behind my computer because I was getting so angry. So... Parts of this article are, are good and informative, but I'm not sure if it was an opinion piece or not, but I could hear this man's opinion in it. I sure That's could. okay. Yeah. All right. So after World War II, only 10% of married women with children under six had jobs or were actively seeking employment. Only 10%. Wow. And from then to 1985, more than half of married women with children under six years old were employed.
1: More than half of married women mm-hmm. with children under six were employed.
0: Yes, and that's a jump from 10% after World War II. Got it. So within like 30 years. Yeah. So that's a big jump. 50%. In a 1984 survey, only 37% of women between 20 and 64 held full-time jobs. Only 29% of married women in this age range had jobs. So that's very low. That is. In the 80s. So I say that for context of what Nancy is going through. Yeah. In in this season because so few women were actually even in the workforce. She was kind of a a groundbreaker.
1: She was an anomaly. Yeah. And she was young. Very. Yeah. Still in high school.
0: Additionally, in this article, it was reported that married women only contributed an average of 18.6 of the total income to their families.
1: That feels oddly higher than I would expect.
0: Me too. I thought so too. Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's lower than we expect today, but back then I, I would expect less, honestly, especially because so few of them were actually working. Yeah. Between 1972 and 1985, women in management roles went from 20 to 36 percent.
1: Kind of surprised at that, too.
0: Yes. And between 1960 and 1983, female lawyers rose from 2 to 15 percent of lawyers being women. Wow. And banking and financial jobs held by women went from 9 percent to 39 percent
1: women in stem
0: yes that's huge like what it is it's massive but we have to infer from that this is yet another aggravating factor for harassment and mistreatment of women
1: 100 percent. because
0: you know they're like this is a boys club what are you doing here
1: yeah you're threatening me
0: yes you're a threat yep and here is a quote um from this horrifying article this is where it starts (laughs) to get horrifying (laughs) here we go As of 1983, married women with a graduate education earned 11% less than married men with a high school education. Wow. Right? However, single women who work full-time year-round have long earned about as much as their single male peers. Therefore, this is what this man infers, therefore, the pattern of low earnings by highly qualified wives, not, not women, wives, seems a reflection more of personal choice. Then of discrimination against women.
1: Hold on. I need to read this again. Yeah. As of 1983, married women with a graduate education earned 11% less than married men with a high school education. However, single women who work full-time year-round have long earned about as much as their single male peers. Therefore, the pattern of low earnings by highly qualified wives seems a reflection more of personal choice than of discrimination against women...
0: So he's basically saying that women are not being discriminated against in the workplace, they're just not working to their full potential like men are.
1: Sure, Jan. Is it because they're wives?
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> I think is that the inference? <laughs> he Okay, well he he goes into it a little bit later, so I'll
1: I'll, okay. I'll get to the All specifics
0: right. of what Please. crash this man is peddling.
1: Who is this man?
0: I don't know. We should hunt him down.
1: <laughs> not, okay. like, like, not like like,
0: like not Jason in
1: season four. Yeah, not,
0: not kill him. I mean, just, you know, rough him up. You know, just, just, uh, just, <laughs> just yell at him. I don't know. A 1985 study showed that only 10% of employed women would want their husband to turn down a good job that would require them to move so that the women could keep their job. Okay. I, like, you know, I said that internalized misogyny, though, but it depends on the job, right? It's highly dependent on, like, the,
1: the circumstances here. So this is saying like if you were working, right? Yeah. Which you are. Yeah. Eli gets a job offer in like Illinois. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you as a woman are gonna be like, Yeah, Eli, take that job. I'll sacrifice mine. Okay.
0: Yeah. So only ten percent of employed women in nineteen eighty five okay. said that they would want their husband to turn that job down. So that Got it. they could keep their job.
1: Okay. So I'll sacrifice my job so that we can go Yes so that you can have your job
0: yes as a woman okay yeah again that's like highly circumstantial
1: i agree what if it's like way better pay
0: yeah right
1: what if you want to get out of the area
0: if eli is getting a job in illinois and he's (laughs) gonna go make enough money for the the both of us heck yeah i'm moving to illinois
1: illinois (laughs) we can only ever use that state as an example illinois
0: So this infuriating article ended with the sentence. (laughs) Let us at least consider the possibility that many women deliberately rejecting the values of male careerists are discriminating against the job rat race and in favor of their families. I just threw up in my mouth.
1: Okay. First of all, (laughs) unnamed sir who wrote this article. I don't know his name. I was too mad. (laughs) This is saying... That women are just rejecting, like, career culture. Yeah. Yeah, we just don't want to move up the ladder because we love our families too much. I have had, (laughs) at this time now, two separate bosses who have been the complete opposite. Yeah. They have rejected the domestic trajectory of women to pursue careers. Yeah,
0: and that's awesome. Good for them.
1: Who is this man?
0: I know exactly, right? Like, whose grandfather
1: is this? Come get him, <laughs> Chelsea. Come get your grandfather. Yeah, not not Chelsea the listeners. Chelsea, just random Chelsea. Who is Chelsea? <laughs> I don't know. She's got to come get her grandfather. But it's her grandfather. Come I feel get like Chelsea like a young lady name, like yeah. a young person, female name. So she's got to come get her grandpa. Yeah.
0: Chelsea's in her twenties, and her grandfather is out here
1: doing yeah. something. Writing articles. In 1985. Come take away his typewriter. (laughs) Typewriter. Anyway, sorry, Grandpa. (laughs) Whose grandfather (laughs) is (laughs) this?
0: All right. To close out our section on the 80s, I wanted to see if I could get some firsthand information from someone who lived through it. So I decided to ask my aunt what it was like to be a young woman just entering the workforce in 1982. So my aunt attended what was called a secretarial school that existed
1: i would love to talk to my mother-in-law about this
0: yeah right i bet she had a very similar experience
1: i want to talk to her hello
0: yes let's let's get her on let's get her on on. (laughs) phone a friend hello (laughs) she'd be a hoot
1: on here she would be great (laughs) she would we should have her on one day when we run out of when we run out of content and here's marina's (laughs) mother-in-law welcome who can't get through the vanishing of will byers (laughs)
0: Anyway, so my aunt attended the secretarial school in the early 80s. If you've heard of Berkeley College, those all used to be secretarial training schools. Hmm. So Berkeley is kind of like one of those schools that has like a bunch of branches all over the place. But yeah, she went to one of them to train to be a secretary. She, amazing. She told me there was a dress code at the school mm-hmm. of skirts, heels and pantyhose.
1: I would just wear those really, really nude pantyhose so that it was like...
0: yeah. Like, they're there.
1: They're there, but, like, you don't know if they're there.
0: Yes. I, side note, found an article about the school, actually. And their 1981 through 1985 director of admissions was quoted in this article and talked about the different programs offered, which included nine, 12, and 18-month options for secretarial programs. In addition, the campus offered a gateway 12 program which was a 12-week program for graduates eager to gain business and office skills skills that made them more attractive to employers
1: this i want to i want to know what was taught what was the curriculum i
0: know i looked so hard for like what the classes were and i could not find it anywhere but i know like typing was part of it for sure for sure Um, yeah you know file keeping things like that so
1: you remember I, the typing classes in elementary school when they would cover our hands? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Those were so weird.
1: There was that game. It was like a haunted house. Yes. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. I bet that's what they did in Secretarial School. <laughs> yeah. They played the ghosty typing game. Yeah. Um. My aunt also said that at her first corporate job at Prudential, she had no women in positions of power there. There was nobody. Wow. wow. And, she and that n- was what year? Uh, 1982. Okay. That was when she graduated from the secretarial school and she said there were no women in positions of power when she worked there and she didn't end up working for a woman until 1992 and she worked at a law firm and the woman she worked for was one of three female attorneys out of about 25. Wow. And then she didn't work again for a woman until 2008. That's wild.
1: So is that 15, 14 years?
0: Something like that. Yeah. So almost 15 years. So, um... Yeah, and, and she just had to say about her whole experience kind of coming up in the 80s that the overall atmosphere was one that didn't promote women into positions of power.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't write this down, but I did talk about this with her, how, you know, I, I started out by asking her, like, do you have any sort of, like, horror stories you know like anything just wild that happened to you and she was like honestly we didn't think of it that way back then
1: sure it wasn't a horror story it wasn't she wouldn't have framed it that way in her mind no
0: so she doesn't even really remember anything because in her mind stand out yeah in her mind it didn't stand out because it was normal and yeah so she she kind of started out the conversation by saying that like you know this is what my experience was like but i can't even tell you if something bad happened or or wild happened because it, it didn't
1: seem that way to me It's weird how, like, I think of something like the criticism of women when something like a catcall occurs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why aren't women, like, why do you seem to like it? Like, why do some women like to be catcalled? You know that, like, whole, like, logic. But, like, if you're just to assume that that's normal or that that's what's supposed to happen, you're not going to have an adverse reaction to it necessarily, you know?
0: Right. Like, if you're raised in a culture where that's, how men got women's attention sure. normally you know i can imagine in the 40s you're walking down the street and you know one of the greasers is hanging out of his pickup truck window and whistles at you sure
1: <laughs> you mean the 50 year olds in greece who we're supposed to assume are 18. Yeah.
0: <laughs> correct because that is who's cat calling <laughs> yeah so i i was really glad to hear that from my aunt if if you out there have family members who uh, you know what just talk to your family members in general if your
1: mom is nancy wheeler yeah let us definitely
0: know talk to her <laughs> yeah but i i think it's really important to hear these firsthand accounts mm-hmm. of like what it was like because especially for women it helps us understand how far we've come and how far we still have to go yeah so speaking of that let's talk about how it is today okay so, as of May 2023, there are more women than ever in the workforce. According to a World Economic Forum study, women made up about 47% of U.S. entrepreneurs starting businesses in 2022, compared with 29% prior to the pandemic. That's huge.
1: It is huge. It's just, it reminds me of, like, the girl boss <laughs> trope. But, like, you never see a cup that says, like, man boss. Yeah. Right. <laughs> boy a- boy yeah. boss.
0: <laughs> Why can't I just be a boss?
1: (laughs) I want to find one that just says, like, man boss. Man boss.
0: I bet somebody makes that. Like, you
1: don't see that.
0: But, you know, yes, we are dominating the workforce much more, and business especially, but that does not make us immune to the ill effects of the past, okay? Because we know those ideas are very ingrained in our society.
1: I feel like we're also not immune to the people who we work with who were still products of that time period and i say that of men and of women oh yeah like i've worked with some older women who have had these types of thoughts and like ideas of what the younger women who are entering the workforce should be doing oh yeah it's not just men no who project this
0: yeah absolutely not actually when i was doing research for this episode i i was googling like anything having to do with like sexism in the 80s in general yeah and i found a video where i think it was in the uk it was like in the late 80s and it must have been like international year of the woman or something and they were going around on the street asking women what they thought about this and all of them were like who cares (coughs) whatever i get i do what i want like i i don't i i have rights like what do i care
1: yeah
0: how do you think that as a woman Hmm. So in a Forbes article from May 2023, it was stated that women are 41% more likely than men to experience, quote unquote, toxic corporate culture. So that could kind of mean discrimination. It could mean like ethics issues. So it's kind of a broad statement, but women are 41% more likely than men to report experiencing that. Another quote was that the occupation of chef exhibits the largest gender gap in toxic culture in our data, with female chefs 81 percent more likely to experience toxic culture than their male counterparts.
1: That's weird. We just started a show that's kind of about exactly that. Really? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. It? It's called The Bear. Oh. It was on. It's on Hulu, but it's like a Hulu FX crossover, oh, okay. and it's definitely a drama comedy. But it's about this chef who was, like, a five-star, like, Michelin chef. And he ends up returning home to Chicago to work in his brother's restaurant Hmm. after his brother dies by suicide. And Uh. he inherits the restaurant. And a young woman chef comes in trying to, like, start to make a name for herself. And you've got him as, like, the head chef. And then you have her as the sous chef. And, like, you can see them trying to overcome that, like, imbalance, I guess. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. It's weird that you chose that quote. I know. And then
0: one other quote from this article said, Our research clearly illustrates the barriers that exist for women, especially mothers, in the workplace. At the same time, given that even men with low grades go on to attain higher leadership roles than women, this study highlights perhaps the lack of barriers that men face in securing greater leadership opportunities. So that's yes. really really interesting because that kind of comes back to that awful quote from somebody's grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that talks about how even more educated women are still earning less and and going into higher roles than their less educated male counterparts.
1: Yeah, it's it's like the obstacles are greater, there's more to overcome, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and you know, screw that guy for saying we're, we we just don't want to rise up, you know?
1: We just we just don't like careers.
0: No, we don't like it. I mean, to be fair, I don't, but like who does? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just think there's a difference between your life being your job yeah and you just having a job yes you know like i don't live and die by my job
0: no i don't
1: and i don't know if anybody really should
0: nobody should no unless you're like a secret service member maybe
1: well that's your job right that's that's your job is to live and die yeah so <laughs> by
0: your job by your job so you know
1: or you're like the president That wouldn't like, that's but- like kind of what you signed up for yeah
0: so women today do continue to face stereotypes. And I'm going to highlight specifically the two emotional stereotype here. A 2008 study, which I know 2008 was a while ago, but I'm still going to consider it like today.
1: It feels like it was only like three years ago. It really
0: does. I remember 2008 very clearly. <laughs>
1: same unfortunately
0: so this study found that men who expressed anger in the workplace were given a higher status while women who expressed anger in the workplace were given a lower status regardless of their actual position in the company a trainee and a ceo who were both female were both given low status when displaying anger additionally women who displayed anger in the workplace were assumed to have something internal influencing their anger as opposed to having an external reason to be angry men more often had their anger attributed to to an external cause so for example women's anger was like oh she must be on her period you know all the stuff we were talking about earlier an internal cause
1: maybe i'm just fucking mad right like not why am i mad? mad yeah what is the context of the anger they don't even take that into account they just assume that
0: yeah you're just not allowed to show that you're angry
1: i'm mad though no i'm pissed off stop it
0: you're not allowed <laughs> angry <laughs> So I wanted it's to wrap bullshit. this up with a quote from a former student of mine who is now an attorney. Yay, Sarah. Happy for it's you. It's impressive. I know, right? So my my friend Sarah, she said that she often gets told to stop getting worked up by judges in the courtroom because she, she talks kind of fast. So yeah, she gets told by male judges to stop getting worked up. And then she said... Opposing counsel often asked to speak with my attorney, assuming I am a secretary.
1: There it is. In
0: 2023.
1: Yep. It's like the guy who comes to repair your house <laughs> talks to the yeah. guy in the house <laughs> and not you because yeah. you're not in charge. Nope. Not not me. Yeah. I give her a lot of credit. Me too. Like I could and I would...
0: How do you go into the courtroom and not just cry every day? I
1: I would just cry. I would be like, I'm so sorry, client. I'm having a breakdown. (laughs) It must be because I am on my period. Yes,
0: it's because of my period. Because I am a fragile woman.
1: Because I am fragile. Uh, That's wild. Yeah.
0: So, you know, a, a Gen Z person trying to break into the workforce into what is considered a man's role and is getting that. So that's where we're at in 2023 pretty pretty weird note to end on
1: it is a weird note but you can see how it just continues to perpetuate the issue because me now as a client right i'm like i need the best defense yeah and i'm fearful that a female attorney won't be taken seriously in the courtroom so what am i going to turn around and potentially do
0: right you're going to hire a man who you know will be taken more seriously even if you yourself doesn't care, you know what the perception is
1: exactly. And when you're trying to win a case, you you have to take into account the perception, or you're you're screwed. Mm-hmm.
0: So it just continues; it's a vicious cycle. And you know, if you see it happening in your workplace, especially if you're in a position of power or maybe hold a privilege like being a male in the workplace or a higher position of power, speak sure. up, make it stop, do something about it. That would be awesome. You know, whatever you can,
1: if you see something say something. That's right.
0: So, thank you all for listening. This was great. This was an interesting little deep dive and, you know, I I didn't really mention much of exactly what Nancy was going through, but you all know. We just
1: talked about But this about is it. what Nancy was going through. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was I mean, right, it's all it's all indicative of a, a much larger problem.
1: Yeah, and Karen maybe she tried to go to school.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, that's our deep dive on women in the workplace and that's where we're at. So, Again, if you see something, say something. If you have the power to do it, do it. And make the world better for everybody.
1: And, like, now I kind of can... You know, we always yell at Nancy for, like, wanting to be right so bad. Yeah. But she has so much to prove. She does.
0: Yeah. She has some major obstacles to overcome. You know, these, these people who work with her have been absolutely steeped in this culture that it's okay to mistreat women. So she's got a lot to overcome she does so wonderful that's, that's where we're at i hope you enjoyed this and found it really interesting because i really like doing the research for this
1: this was good i liked this a lot yeah informative
0: so go out there read about the radium girls and the triangle Shirtwaist factory fire both very interesting i used a lot of sources for this episode so we will link them all in the episode description
1: watch mad men yeah
0: and watch mad men <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody till next time stay strange. stay
1: strange to keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming star Chord study hall episodes follow us on instagram at star Chord study hall